everybody. Welcome to the 514 Football Podcast. I'm Joey Alfieri, and joining me today as we break down the Alouettes' 31-21 loss in Winnipeg to the Blue Bombers on Saturday night is my pops, Frankie. Frank, what's going on? Hey, Joe, Jeff, Mike, uh, doing good. You guys, how are you guys doing? Good, very good. I wish we were talking about an Alouettes win, but uh, things are going to be interesting because the Owls did clinch a playoff spot because Hamilton beat BC on Friday night. Uh, but uh, hosting a playoff game would uh, certainly be nice, but they've got some work to do uh, before we do that. So Frankie's here. Roll call continues. Jeff, what's going on, my brother? Oh, as a favorite Alfieri son, I'm good to go, ready to roll and dive into this one. All right. And uh, the only one of us who's played uh, somewhat competitive football. It's not somewhat. It's very competitive football. Former Concordia Stingers offensive lineman, my cousin, Michael Gravino. Mike, what's up? Very much been a uh, really rough weekend with the Alouettes losing and also the Concordia Stingers in the playoffs. So uh, trying to get through that and uh, hopefully next week's a better week. Yeah, I thought the Stingers had Laval on the ropes in the uh, semifinal. They had a pick six from uh, Ed Filion's kid and uh, they end up having a lead in the first uh, in the first half. But then it uh, got away from them in a hurry uh, in the second half. So uh, too bad for uh, for Laval, uh, for Concordia. Sorry, Laval's yeah. in the final. Is yeah. is Ed Filion uh, still coaching Concordia? Yeah, yeah he's a defensive coordinator. coordinator. Yeah, he's a defensive oh, wow, coordinator. Nice. He had a really okay. good first half. That defense, especially the offense, couldn't really get going. But uh, yeah, just you know, it's Laval, right? So you're playing in Laval. Those are tough games, and uh, Laval is going to be Laval. <laughs> so so uh, just run away with it. Yeah, Stingers are done. Yellow Mikey, why don't you uh, why don't you tell us about uh, your team, the uh, Maraudeurs du Collège Laval? Yes, we played Nicolas Gatineau this past weekend. It was the first round of the playoffs. Uh, we won thirty-one to seven. Really proud of my guys, and uh, we're going next week against La Beauce. So that's the only team that beat us during the season. We're getting a rematch in the semifinals. Winner goes to the championship. Why don't you tell everybody what you're doing there, Mike, for Collège Laval? I'm uh, helping coach the offensive line. We have a great group of, group of coaches here. We're well prepared for this weekend, so uh, we can't wait. Absolutely. So that's to go to the Baldor? Exactly. So All if right. we win, we're going straight to the Baldor against the winner of uh, the other matchup, which was Collège de Lévis and Collège de Bourget. What, to get to the uh, Baldor, they could have finally like justify paying Mikey all that money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard I heard another rumor this week, guys. I heard another rumor this week that the college asked for financial aid to pay that salary. But then, <laughs> oh my yeah, goodness. Uh, yeah, I don't think that college has any trouble with that. Mike, what uh, when is the game? What time? So the game is at one o'clock on Saturday at College Laval. So you're missing the Owls Bombers at uh, Percival Molson. I'll have to watch that uh, on a recording at night, sadly. Yeah. Fair. That's all right. Fair enough. It's, uh, it's for a really good reason. All right, guys. Uh, we mentioned it before. The Owls lose 31-21 in Winnipeg. They had a lead uh, in the first half. They had a lead uh, early in the third quarter as well. Uh, they couldn't hang on. We'll get into that uh, momentarily. But I want to start with the game balls. And, uh, Dad, Frankie, why don't you give us your uh, game ball for this game against the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Who would you like? All right. I, uh, I liked on uh, the defensive side of the ball, I like Nick Usher. And on the offensive side of the ball, well, it's uh, William Standback. And um, after after thinking about it uh, carefully, I, I got to give the game ball to, to William Standback. He played, uh, he played a heck of a game in the first half. It's unfortunate that they didn't go to him uh, in the second half, but kind of uh, understandable when uh, Philippe Gagnon went down, things seemed to just uh, unravel and, and fall apart. And he was having, uh, he was having a harder time uh, ripping off um, the, the seven, eight, nine, ten 10 plus yards that he was getting in the first half. So 
Uh, I think Stanback played a heck of a game and uh, got a thousand yards rushing for the season. So uh, I'll give him the game ball. Yeah, 16 carries, 106 yards. He's averaging 6.6 in the game. And he was right over six yards a carry uh, for the regular season as well. He had a long of 34. That set up one of the touchdowns. I think it was the Reggie White touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes. Uh, So, yeah. So, uh, William Stanback, no doubt about it. That's a a solid pick. Uh, Mike, you're going offense or defense with your game ball? Uh, I'm probably going to go defense. So, I want to congratulate Reggie White Jr. First TD, hopefully, of many in Mm -hmm. the CFL. Um, but I have to give it to Nick Usher. Yes, Stanback had a great game, uh, especially when Gagnon, after Gagnon went down, you know, we had Thomas Saint come in and Thomas Saint didn't perform all that well against that really tough defensive line, but I have to give it to Nick Usher. Uh, he did, I, in my opinion, force that fumble. That was, uh, that was a scoop and score uh, for Jamal Davis. Uh, so, yeah, seven tackles. My guy is uh, Nick Usher. Yeah, he didn't get the forced fumble, but uh, I'm with you because uh, they gave it to Greg Reed. But yeah. Greg Reed tripped up uh, Brady Oliveira, and uh, he, the ball started coming out, and Usher uh, got him from the front, and the ball popped out. But, uh, yeah, right. that was a scoop and score, and Alouette's defensive touchdown was a very, very nice surprise. So we've got one for Standback, one for Usher. Uh, Jeff, where do you want to go with your game ball? Uh, like father, like son, I'm going to tilt this back into Stanback's uh, favor here. Just talk about a guy who could lower a boom and ran over a couple of blue bombers. Um, that long run was uh, very nice. I think he kind of threw a defender off of him a little bit there towards the end. Mm-hmm. And I'm really liking what he's doing. He's really wearing down the defense, I think. And with the defense and with the Alouette's defense playing at such an elite level, arguably top in the league, if not second, to Winnipeg, they'll, they'll be in a lot of games and they'll be able to lean on him in the second half more and more. So I really want to see what Stanback can do the rest of the way into the playoffs as we just uh, clinched a spot. And hopefully those couple games he got off for injuries or sickness, give him a little bit fresher legs down the stretch here. And I uh, really, really want to – I really like what he's doing. I really want to see it uh, moving forward into the second half. Yeah, yeah. Stay, stay away from the uh, Korean barbecue at the uh, food courts in Ottawa. Uh, that's why he missed with a game in Ottawa, and he had a rib injury, I think, the week before. Uh, against the Red Blacks. So, uh, yeah, hopefully Standback can stay healthy because that's a big key, I think, uh, for this Alouette's offense. Uh, I might surprise you guys a little bit. I'm going to call him a special teams player. Uh, that's why he's getting my game ball. It's going to be a Darius Pickett. I just I felt like uh, in the return game, the kickoffs, um, he, he was consistent. He finished uh, six kickoff returns. He had 139 yards overall in the return game. He averaged over 23 yards. Per return, he had a long of 31, so it wasn't flashy. Uh, he didn't break a long one or anything like that, but he finally gave them some uh, consistency uh, in the return game, and I thought their field position for the most part was uh, halfway decent. It was better, it seemed, uh, than uh, in any other game where, uh, where the, since Mario Alfred's been out. So uh, I kind of like the Darius Pickett. Mike, I don't know if you want to weigh in on that one, what you thought of Pickett in the return game. Yeah, I think he's like the third or fourth return that, we've, uh, that the Alouettes have had this year. I think he did really well, especially those two first kickoff returns. Really gave good field position for that offense. Uh, really, he was just bouncing off guys. He looks like he's a tough guy to tackle. Goes, uh, he, He's really, really, um, he really did play well that game. And uh, yeah, it's a really good game ball. Yeah. Anybody else, Dad, you want to try, jump in yeah. on picking? So, so, yeah, nice, solid on his feet. Um like Mikey just said, he, you know, he was, he bounced off some, some pretty hard tackles. Uh, and um, he was, he was kind of hard. Uh, he was kind of hard to bring down. Uh, he, he, 
he brought them, like he placed them in, in great field position. They were past the 35 many times, uh, 40, 42 yard line off, uh, off kick returns. So uh, no, he, uh, he did it well. He did well. Actually, if memory serves me correctly, a couple of weeks ago, I had mentioned that, uh, yeah. Uh, when we were talking about potential uh, kick returners and what have you, that uh, Pickett was the best one of the lot. So, no, yeah, he's, and I, think uh, I, he's... I disagreed with you at the time, and I think time has proven you're right because he's he looks okay. better than Asher. Uh... He looks better than Reed. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he, he looked better, better than, than Bray. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the, oh, Bray. The... Bray had broke the the long. Was it a punt return yeah. at the end? And, yeah, uh, it was a punt. Dequad to got, got called for a block in the back. Oh, so there was that. Yeah. That was a, a. It seemed like. They were finally going to get a break on special teams, but uh, again, it wasn't uh, it wasn't meant to be. But you're right; it, you time has proven you're right because uh, Pickett played well. So I'm giving him my game ball. So uh, Mikey had Nick Usher, who's really come a long way, uh, by the way, guys. I feel like early on in the season, like he was a splash signing uh, before the season started. I thought that he'd lead the league in sacks with this new Montreal Alouette front. It hasn't played out that way, uh, but Usher's gotten better. As the season's gone on, we have two for William Standback, who ran for over uh, over 100 yards in this game, uh, and uh, I'm giving it to Darius Pickett. So let's get into the 31-21 loss now that we've handed out the game balls. Uh, Mike, I know last week you wanted to talk about the, the third-string center, Patrick Davis, who got the start against the Riders. We didn't have time to get into it. He was a healthy scratch this week, so I think that kind of tells you uh, what they thought of him. Yep. Um, and it's a tough place to play in Winnipeg. To play center as a rookie is, is not ideal. So they went with the veteran Christian Matt. But I know that uh, you texted me throughout the game uh, that uh, you didn't like the uh, the guard play in this one, especially after Philip Gagnon went out with the injury. Yeah, so, you know, playing against Winnipeg, that defensive line is just really, really, really good. And uh, we had David Foucault having a hard time at the beginning. And then, obviously, Tomasin, when he came in, I think just the whole game, he had a really, really tough time. Uh, especially in the past pro, he was just getting backed up, backpedaling almost to Trevor Harris, giving Trevor Harris no time to really get set and get a rhythm the whole game. So it's just, it was just really rough on the offensive line standpoint uh, against Winnipeg, which is pretty common around the CFL. I think he has that defensive line, you know, they have the stove, really Jefferson, all those guys together with Jeff Code as well. It's, it's, it's not an easy task. Yeah. And dad, you had a stat, you were telling me about a stat before how many, how many, Two and outs when Gagnon went out? Three. Three consecutive. Three consecutive, which which basically took away any any momentum that uh, that they may have had. The the other the other thing, they took away the run game. Uh, you know, Standback wasn't uh, ripping off uh, large chunks of yards like he did in the first half. Uh, it, it's it's tough. It's tough. And you know what? Uh, we talk about quarterbacks and we talk about how valuable uh, running backs are or receivers, but um, you know, if, if the, if the O-line doesn't do its job by opening up holes for these guys, then, then, then basically it's tough for a running back, even a quality running back like Standback, to, to get the yards that he gets. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough for a guy like an experienced quarterback, like Trevor Harris, whenever, Whenever the line gave Harris enough time to to, to throw the ball, he found his uh, his open receivers. So it it, it just the, the question I have for you guys is what are our options on on O line right now? Because yeah. you know they 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 dressed uh, they dressed Thomasin. They've got um, they've got. I mean Thomasin is a rookie, hasn't played all all year. Uh, Foucault is playing right guard. I mean I'm personally not a fan of the guy, but. 
you know, uh, he's in at right guard right now. So, so, you know, when we're looking at the last two, two games of the year, what are our options? Well, I think you can go, uh, the, so the sixth lineman was, uh, Thomas Saint. the seventh lineman was Mathieu Girard, who they activated okay. this week. Uh, he's a 30 year old kid played for the Carabins. was a former tiger cat, but I don't think he's played football since like 2018. And yeah. like, he's been out of the league for a couple of years. So the fact that Danny Machocha went out and got, you know, a guy, I guess that he was familiar with from the university of Montreal. I don't know. That kind of tells me everything I need to know about the, the situation. I, I think it gets tricky and look at us. Like we're giving the offensive line some love and Mikey's not even, uh, he's not even in it yet. He's not even the one doing mm-hmm. it, but um, like, I don't know. Do you put Nick calendar, a rookie American in at let's say right tackle and then move Landon rice inside from the right tackle spot. And then, Ah, what do you like when you're you're down the depth chart like what do you who are you going to put at center like Jameson's out Jameson's on the six game injured list Brown's if out. Gagnon if Gagnon can't play so Foucault is going to have to play Brown got hurt against Toronto so I, I don't know what your options are but listen going into the offseason guys just to give you an idea I think we talked about it last week uh, Mikey and Jeff and that like Jason Lozon-Seguin was a free agent signing from Ottawa. He was probably going to start at right tackle. Trey Rutherford was one of your most consistent offensive linemen in 2019. You invested a second overall pick uh, in him a few years ago. He retired to be a police officer. So your two starters down right off the hop, they retired right before the start of the season. So those are two guys that are down. So two backups have had to come in. So Gagnon's done a good job. I think overall, Landon Rice is not flashing. Great job. Yeah, he's probably having his best season since his rookie year, Dad. Mm-hmm. And I agree. And Landon Rice, it's not flashy at right tackle, but you know, it's gotten the job done. But now you're, you know, you're you're you've, you're down to your fourth center, you're down to your second guard on both sides. So it's like I don't know where you go from here. Like you have to cross your fingers, pray everybody gets healthy. Well, what we we can agree, okay. Well, okay, we won't say we can agree, but in the first half. Before the Gagnon injury, they did fine. Uh, they they did great. Yeah, they 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 held their own. They held their own, considering that you know Win- Winnipeg's got this uh, the, the, this amazing defense. They they did well. Jefferson Jefferson wasn't uh, you know didn't he wasn't a factor, and, and neither was uh, was Jeff Code. Okay, and and Thomas and uh, Richardson, you know they, they they became a factor after the Gagnon injury. So, you know, they, they, they took advantage of a rookie and of a right guard that, that isn't, uh, isn't the greatest. Yeah. Yeah. So Jeff, that's what I wanted to get into the snap count and the uh, just, it seems like you texted me during the game and you're like, yeah, it looks like Jefferson off the edge is offside for Winnipeg a couple of times. And it, it certainly looked that way to me. I know Kahari Jones brought it up after the game. He was saying like Winnipeg's defensive line is good enough. They don't need help uh, from the officials, but I, like to me, it's a few weeks in a row now where it seems like the op- opposing defensive line, or even a linebacker in the in the game against the Argos, I think it was Alway, uh, or no, I it was, uh, it was no, uh, McCoyle. McCoyle. Yeah, it was McCoyle. Thanks, uh, Pop. It was McCoyle, and it just it looked like they have a read on the snap count, Jeff. And yeah. uh, to me, it looked like Jefferson was offside a couple times. I don't know how many. Th- I think you charted it. I don't know how many times you had him offside. Well, uh- 
I'm not going to say I charted it, but I counted two on Jefferson, one on Jeff Colt, and it's just inexcusable, in my opinion, from the referees to miss at least three calls. You're staring right down the line. You got two officials staring right down the line. I'm not sure how you can miss three calls in one game, if not more. For Coach Jones to complain about it after the game, I'm guessing they probably saw more than that. And uh, I could go on and on about the officiating. It's not the reason yes. why I think they lost, but I, I no. think it didn't help. Um, I agree. If I, I want agree. to add on to that, I think Willie Jefferson got away with an objectional conduct after taunting. they called Washington. Taunting. He, taunting that's right. Taunting. On, on uh, Washington after Washington jumped uh, for a procedure. Yeah. And the play right after that on second and long where they absolutely popped Winicky after he stepped out of bounds, which would have been an automatic first down. Who knows what happens after that? The outlets were down, I think, a touchdown at that point. So I think the uh, I think the officials and the Winnipeg got away with uh, a game on their side a little bit. I don't think Winni- Winnipeg, the best team in the league, doesn't really need the help from the officials. But that's uh, just my official rant from now on. The, but the, the, the other thing, <laughs> this is what I want to know. This is what I want to know. And like Jeff just said, like Jeff just said, I'm not saying they lost because the officiating was was bad or the calls went against the Isles. Jeff, you forgot that um, that play in the first quarter when you and I were watching the game where uh, was it Darwin Adams had uh, had grabbed a guy and just slammed him to the to the ground yes. and there was yeah. no unnecessary roughness no on unnecessary that. Roughness. There was that too, you're right. Yeah, and, that, and that was another touchdown thing. right after that. They scored the correct right after that back to 15 yards. Yeah, it was a damn uh, shovel, yeah. yeah. What I want to know from you guys and I don't know if you guys have this stat, but I want to know the Al's record when Al Bradbury is the ref. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I was thinking about that, Dad. And the offsides, you can't blame it on Bradbury. No. The, the, the late hit, you can't really blame it on Bradbury. The ones, uh, I think maybe the objectional conduct is kind of right up in his face yeah. that he misses. Mm-hmm. I wasn't mm-hmm. really looking how many holdings they missed. But yeah, Al Bradbury, when I saw him on, on the TV for the first, uh, for the, after they calling the first penalty, we looked at each other and we said, oh boy. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> It's like it's like who was it? Who was it that the Habs were? Um, ha, um, which referee was it that that had missed that call against uh, Corey Perry? Was it TJ Lee? Lee? Was it Chris Lee? Chris Lee. Yeah, that's it. It's Chris Lee. Yeah. yeah and then they showed, forward. then they showed his record. They showed the Habs record when uh, Chris Lee was the ref, and it wasn't uh, okay. it wasn't the greatest. So I'd like to know. I, I'm curious to see what the Owls is with uh, with Bradbury. But anyway. Well, they got him back to back weeks. They had him last week and they had him uh, in Winnipeg too. And they we'll, were, see, uh, we'll see if we'll in two in those games. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if we'll get him again Saturday afternoon. Uh, I don't if, think if, so. it, okay. I think All three right. for three. I mean, three weeks in a row is quite a bit. I think you got to mix it up. It's a okay. Bit, but it's a CFL, but so you never know. We'll make it. We'll make it clear, though, it's it's not because of Bradbury that we lost the yeah. game. It's just that it's just weird that. Help. No, it didn't help. It didn't help. There were a lot of botched calls anyway. We'll but get back to the snap count a little bit. I wonder how much of it has to do even with the makeshift offensive line. Maybe a lot of some of them, they need to maybe dumb it. I'm not going to say dumb it down. Well, but it's loud. A little too it, first of all, you have to go silent snap count. Yeah, it doesn't help. But the two weeks before, it was at home. Yeah, so, that's what I'm saying. So I wonder how much of the makeshift O-line has to do with it. But eh, we'll see. Well, hopefully they can fix it as they uh, as they go. Well, well Mikey, what do, they, what do they have to do, Mike? What do they have to do to change that? Uh, not really much uh, more than just uh, mix it up. Like Jeff said, you have to mix it up, go on one, go on two, uh, even maybe hurry it up. Uh, they they got to change really around like so the defense. Up. But you know what? I played uh, I played against uh, defensive linemen uh, back in CJAP and in university over like six, seven years that uh, w- was really good at reacting to the ball. It almost looked like he was always going offside. And uh, uh, really he's well. in the CFR right now. He's Matthew Betts. He was really hard to block off the line. Uh, he always looked like he was offside, but he was never called offside. But 
to that point, <laughs> to that point, they did the TSN panelists actually at halftime did show a slowdown of uh, uh, Jefferson and Jeffcoat on those plays that we thought they were offside. And one of the panelists says, look, they're not offside. But even when they slowed it down with a magnifying glass on the ball, it did look like he was still offside. So <laughs> that's that my opinion. Milt, Milt, it was probably Milt. No, Milt would never say anything bad about the Jets, but it wasn't Milt. It was uh, an, uh, another panelist. I forget what his uh, name is. Yeah, Barker. So, Barker yeah, was Sanchez. Bar- yeah. yeah, his Barker was definitely Barker. Yeah, yeah. sorry, I forgot. Yeah. He's uh, he's still bitter. The Owls let him go. But anyway, probably. Not, we're, not, right. we're not calling out the Bell Media colleagues here, uh, guys. Okay, all right. Okay. Uh, so moving on. Um, th- so what did we think of Trevor Harris? Uh, Mike, I'll, I'll start with you. Overall, the numbers, 14 of 25. 107, uh, 177 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, just to put it into context for you guys. Going into this game, Winnipeg had allowed three touchdown passes total on the year, and Montreal scored two, one by Reggie White, uh, one by Jake Winicky. It was nice to see Winicky get back involved. I think he had yep. two catches in the game. Uh, or no, he had four catches for 60 yards, and he had just one catch the last two weeks combined. So it was good to see uh, Winicky make some uh, some big plays for them. Uh, but uh, Mike, what did you think of uh, of Trevor Harris and his uh, Alouette starting debut? Uh, so so, I'd give him like a, maybe a B minus. Uh, it's not really his fault though. He didn't really get in rhythm every time he we saw him get some momentum. Something happened, a penalty or or even a sack that just knocked him off his rhythm. He did target Quan Bray, I think, eight times. Yeah. So it changes it up changes it up he's starting to get more people involved he's starting to get more comfortable with that playbook i think uh yeah i think a b minus is a fair grade for trevor harris hopefully he gets more comfortable uh as the week on uh, week goes on with practice and uh hopefully we uh we give winnipeg their second loss this weekend jeff um i think it was uh up and down a little bit on on the touchdown to winnicky i really liked the progression from looking at the right side made the say i'm not sure if it was just a progression or you intentionally wanted the safety to go right so we could get a nice little easy pitch and catch to Winicky, but I, I really like that play. I think early on they moved the ball and they kept stalling around midfield. They kept stalling, and I, that was bothering me. And at one point, I wanted them to uh, to go for it on third down, but maybe Coach Jones doesn't trust Trevor enough yet to try and something like that. But I really, I, I think Trevor and the Alouettes' game plan was really to try and run the ball, and then that when that got away from them, it was uh, it got tough. But I, I'll give I'll give Trevor a nice little B plus. The hundred and how many yards did you say? Seventy seven. Seventy seven, I think. And they're and Winnipeg's, the, Winnipeg's secondary was averaging. I think they're giving up just under two forty a game. Yeah, it's, it's not very pretty one seventy seven. But I saw some things that I liked. Obviously, that interception at the end where he floated it over was it Geno Lewis's head? Or no, it was Quan Bray. That, that, that was talking yeah, was, about. That was talking yeah, was about the, the times that he he hit guys when he had time to throw. That yeah. was one time where I think he thought there was more pressure than there was. So he yeah. rushed to throw and he th- sailed it over Bray's head. I-, I know I said I disagreed with Kahari a bunch uh, last week, guys, but going for it on the third and two, third and three, whatever it was after the, after the penalty on the punt by the Bombers uh, to, uh, to shorten the distance, I had no problem with that one. I think they called the right play. Uh, Trevor Harris just missed. Uh, Dad, before I get to you, Mike, did you want to jump in? Yeah, that uh, Trevor Harris touchdown pass to Jake Winicky, where he pump fakes it on the other side to get the safety to bite. That was, that was, uh, that was very nice. That was a pure veteran move right there. Yeah, Dad, what did you think, uh, Harris overall? Look, his numbers weren't great, but, but um, uh, he he did hit when given the time. He he did hit his receivers. 
Um, he, uh, I, I personally think on that third and two call at the end of the game, based on the way the, uh, the bombers were lined up, I, I, I've, I felt they should have given the ball to stand back at that point because the, uh, the, the, the bombers were playing the pass and all they needed was two yards to get a first down. It's unfortunate that he missed uh, he overthrew, uh, he overthrew Bray. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was trying to get the ball over. I think it was Jake Thomas's hand. That was, uh, his outstretched, uh, he had outstretched his hand. So he was trying to get it over and it just, I, I don't know if it got away from him, but it went over Bray's head and uh, big Hill intercepted it. But, uh, look, he's, he's, he's been here a few weeks. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he's, yes, he's a veteran. He's, um, you know, he's still, you know, adapting. The O-line isn't what what it should be. Uh, um, look, uh, last week I said we are going to live or die with this guy till the end of the year. And I personally think he's only going to get better. As he gets uh, comfortable with, the, uh, with this offense, he is only going to get better. Actually, I'm expecting him to play a big game on Saturday here in Montreal. And uh, I, I'm not worried for Trevor Harris. Uh, he's got the CFL experience and uh, he's healthy. He's, uh, he's not afraid to run with the ball. And uh, it was, it, it, If they can just give him the time. And I, and I think I was, Joey, was it with you? We were texting yesterday, yesterday morning. And I was thinking maybe they could, you know, mix it up a little where they can keep a tight end in to give him yeah. that additional time or, um, they can uh, they can put in uh, artist Payne and Standback and 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 just mix up the plays a little just so that he can have that extra second uh, because if you give him the extra second he'll find uh, he'll find his receivers and I think I think Winicky's going to become one of his favorite receivers uh, I think him and the, him and Winicky are going to do a lot of damage together no I'm I'm not worried for Harris uh, he. It was a, it was a so-so game, but uh, I only think he's going to improve from um, week in and uh, week out. Mike, to add to that, to give him more time, though, uh, a lot of those run-pass option plays are RPOs, like we like to say. Uh, usually, the pass should come out pretty fast after that fake run. So, um, it seemed like reads, it was covered, though. It did, like, but it, like it seemed like it was covered in the first half. The the quick pass. It's hard because you run past option plays, man. You have to you have to go. You have to read. You have to read the defensive lineman or whoever they're reading for the run. And if you have to pass that ball, take it back, and you have to throw it. He's waiting too long. Sometimes, well, that's in my opinion. Is it because the routes are taking too long to develop? Is it because he's not maybe not familiar with the the playbook? I don't know. I felt like it, he was holding on to the ball too long for his RPOs. That, that's my personal opinion. Yeah, I worked the uh, I worked play by play for the game on Saturday on TSN six nine, and I was working with a former Al safety, Marco Bruyette, and, and Marco brought it up during the broadcast. He said, like, the ball, his first read seems to be covered all the time. And obviously, Marco's Makes a safety, sense, yeah. so he knows, yeah. I mean, he, you know, coverage is, is, is right up his alley. He knows better than any of us. But uh, Marco seemed to think that the, um, that the Bombers uh, covered the first read. The, the thing I find interesting, and we talked about this last week, I think it was you and I, Dad, on, the, uh, on this podcast, but the balance between running and passing. So obviously you have the best tailback in the league. So you want to feed him the ball, but Trevor Harris is a guy who I feel like to get into a rhythm, he needs to throw a lot of quick short passes and, and those tend to add up in a game. So in this game, he throws, you know, it's 25 passing attempts. 
you know, I think he's got to be to get comfortable. I think he's got to be in the thirties. You know, I'm not saying he's got to be up 40, 45, but I think he needs to be in the thirties. And I just wonder if you don't get to run a ton of offensive plays, uh, dad, I wonder if he's going to be able to get into a rhythm, but then it's like, you take touches away from standback to throw the ball a bit more or, or vice versa. I just, I, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they figure it out. I don't have the stats in front of me, but again, again, uh, for, uh, three quarters, they, they were doing well, the injury, the two and outs yeah. started to, uh, accumulate. And so he was, he was probably headed for, for 30 plus, uh, pass attempts. Uh, but that, but that all changed. That, that all changed. They didn't have drives anymore, you know. And so yeah, that's, that's that's just what it is. It's just the way that game went. It's it's yeah. it's just so strange to to say this, but uh, offensive lineman goes down and everything just changed. And it's 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 crazy. It's but yeah. that's what that's exactly what happened. Game ends thirty one. 21 they were they they danced with the bombers who are the best team in the cfl for three quarters in winnipeg with with a a uh, you know a a quarterback that's just been with us for, for for a couple of weeks they danced with the best team in the league i honestly think uh i honestly think that they, they, they can dance with anybody they yeah. can dance with anybody the thing is, there are things that they need to clean up. Uh, penalties on special teams, that's got to stop. It's brutal. That's got to stop. It was three 15-yard no-yards penalties. One of them, at least, was on Zima because there was on a Zima, short yeah, it was a short But bunch. there was a couple other ones, too. You're right. They have to you clean know that I mean? up. That's got to that's gotta stop. It's yeah. a, we're, 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 there's two games left, and they're still, you know, they, they got over half the uh, yards in, uh, in in penalties, special teams. Yeah. That is their, right now, that is their, every, since Alfred went down, that is the weak link of the team. It is it is special teams, whether it be coverage or whether it be, uh, you know, uh, offense. Returns, uh, yeah. Returns, yeah. It's, 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 it's their weak link, so but that has to stop. Jeff? So. You know what I think hurts that we haven't actually touched on at all the last couple of weeks is losing BJ Cunningham. I think that second down roll that he had, he was catching, he was catching and getting a lot of yards after the catch, kind of gone to Quan Bray. And I'm not thinking against Quan Bray, but I think BJ Cunningham, the ball in his hands is probably better and he's able to get open a bit more. So I kind of think maybe losing BJ Cunningham has been uh, some of those silent killer ones where now Winicky is taking more, is getting more attention from the defense. So that's why we heard Winicky a lot less recently. Obviously, Gino's Gino, but I, I think really losing Cunningham actually has been a silent killer for the Alouettes, especially on offense. On those second and mediums, he was catching the ball and just turning up the field and getting first downs for them a few times a game. So, um, yeah, I think they're going to have to figure out who, who their next playmaker is going to be. I know Reggie White flashed a couple of times. And I know Dad already said he has no intentions of going back to Matthew Schultz, but Schultz was obviously playing injured against uh, the week before. Yeah. Any, any, anybody else or Mike or Joey have any, if he's healthy, any inkling to go back? Uh, it's funny. I was going to ask you guys that question. And I personally would stick with Trevor Harris. And I asked uh, Marco Bruyette in our post game show on Saturday, and he seemed to be leaning towards Schiltz if he was healthy. Now, oh, wow. again, it's a big wow. if, like if he didn't practice all of last week, I don't know that he's going to be healthy and able to go, but Marco seemed to think, I don't want to put words in his mouth, so I don't want to quote him too, too much. But he seemed to think that Schultz, when he's able to move, 
is a better fit at quarterback for this offense than Harris, who okay. is, you know, a yeah. guy who kind of stands in the pocket. You know, I tend to agree. I think Schultz is really? the, the next guy up. Uh, you know, it's his job to lose. He was there. He was Vernon Adams' backup. He's been in the system longer. I think it's really just he's, – he's a, even a closer type of quarterback to Vernon Adams, I think, Trevor Harris is personally. Uh, I think it is Schultz's job to lose. He so hasn't really he lost comes back, it. He comes back healthy. He takes the first team reps. I think he takes the first team reps and at least he gets at least the first half of the game to prove himself wow. uh, of the next game. I, I think personally, I don't know about that, but personally. we'll see. I don't know. I, I like Schultz, like I said, and I feel bad that I pooped on him a little bit last week. And now seeing that he couldn't play this week is, uh, I don't know if it's a lower body well, injury. We knew, we knew. I mean, I think it's, I yeah, think it's they said knee. it's a knee. Yeah. They said yeah, it's but I like, knee. I thought maybe it was a little bump here and there, but now to keep him out of the game, officially, yeah. I didn't realize it was as bad as that. So yeah. I don't know. I, I maybe Mark was on something. I'm curious to see what happens this week. But I know Trevor didn't do enough for me to 100% undoubtedly say that he's starting next week 100%. I'm curious I just, to see what I, the status is. Yeah, sorry. I, I think I'm with that, though, on this one. I think if you're going to win a great cup, then I think you're going to do it with Trevor Harris. I don't think you're going to do it with Matthew Schultz. He's going to have to show. And listen, I know Harris won two great cups as a backup quarterback. He hasn't done it either. But Trevor Harris is a guy who's won playoff games. He won one in Montreal uh, in 2019. So, We'll see. And, and I'll say this, uh, guys, I don't know. I know, Dad, you and I were texting. I know you caught a lot of Toronto-Ottawa. I mm-hmm. per, like. I know you are what your record says you are, but I think the Alouettes are a better team than the Argos. Like, they beat oh, them easy two weeks ago. I agreed. know the Argos are in first agreed. place. But I think if you – Hamilton's rounding into form. If you get find a way to get by Hamilton, if that's the first matchup, you scratch and claw win, and you have to go to Toronto to play the Argos. I think you can walk into BMO Field and punch your ticket yeah. to a great cup. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but the Argonauts do not impress that. me. I, I, I personally, no, go ahead, go ahead. Dad, that I really need to get the first round home field advantage because I don't want to go into the hammer because I think if, yeah. we can, if we could beat yeah, Hamilton, but you, we you we won't go Toronto. to the hammer, guys. You won't go to the hammer. They're, they're playing this Friday night. Yeah, you but won't you go will, to the Dad. Hammer. You will eventually. Oh, eventually. The, for for the for the eastern final eventually yeah i know right now hamilton's in second toronto's in first but they are playing they are playing we'll yeah i'm just i'm not impressed like the argos i mean duck hodges at quarterback for ottawa was subpar and Mm -hmm. and toronto still you know barely barely wins um but okay enough about them i want to talk to you guys uh very quickly because we only have a couple minutes left uh there were some comments made before the game uh, that I know the media in Winnipeg had a field day with. Uh, Tony Washington, during his media availability, told Herb Zerkowski of the Gazette that uh, he didn't think Winnipeg was all that good. He thought that their uh, strength of schedule was weak. He said they played Edmonton a bunch of times. They played BC uh, and they played uh, Toronto. Uh, I'll say this. I like Tony Washington as a player, but Tony, we disagree because, I mean, the Owls aren't ones to talk. Uh, they, first of all, they lost to BC. They lost to Toronto earlier this year. And lost to Saskatchewan. And lo- I mean, lost to Saskatchewan, but I think Saskatchewan's good. But Montreal also got to play Ottawa three times. So if, mm-hmm. if, if Winnipeg gets to play Edmonton three times, Montreal gets Ottawa, and they're actually going to get them a fourth time at the end of the year. And Patrick Levels came out. It was a little more subtle, but Patrick Levels came out and said that he thinks that the Owls are a better team than the Bombers, which I hope they believe that. I just don't know if I would say that out loud. Obviously, they end up losing the game. Uh, Dad, you have an issue quickly with uh, those guys speaking up. Look, the, the players can say whatever uh, whatever it is they, they they want. That'll that'll pump them up. That'll motivate them and what have you. 
Uh, are the Owls a better team than the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? No. no. Um, there are three phases to uh, to a football game, and like we said before, special teams is is the Owls' weak link. They, I think the Owls' defense is as good as any defense in the CFL. It's the not offense. Winnipeg. I don't. No, th- I think the bomber, but the bombers in all bomber three facets secondary. of the game, no. Dad. I think no. that the Winnipeg is better on well, offense. They're more consistent the on special teams. Yeah, sure. Not close, and on defense, I think they're better. Agreed. It's a, it, 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 it's agreed. It's agreed. I, I don't disagree with you. Look, you look at their record, and uh, you know they're they are eleven and what is it? Eleven, 11 and, one? and one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, they are. They are the the cream of the CFL right now. So uh, no, I I. I Look, uh, I, I don't uh, I don't put much stock in what players uh, say before a game. Uh, uh, I always I always was the type to uh, you know you do your talking on the field, not uh, not before, but whatever. Yeah, Jeff. It it is what it is. The Alouettes played a perfect road game. I really didn't come away thinking Winnipeg is this almighty power in the CFL. Curious to see what happens this weekend coming up. I think it's going to be a heavyweight yeah. tilt. I want to see who's going to be at quarterback. I want to see what the LSU do at home. Maybe yeah. we'll, maybe Mr. Bradbury won't be officiating the game. And, uh, we'll mm-hmm. see I, 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 honestly, I honestly think the LS could beat anybody, especially with the defense. The, the defense Agreed. is arguably, I think, the best I've, I've ever I seen. I agree, too. I've ever I seen. Agree. They had consistent pressure like they've gotten from this front four, and even when they want to blitz, it's something I think we haven't seen in a long time. And I'm excited to see what uh, this weekend has to offer. Jeff, Jeff, remember last week we said football is a game of inches. You know, uh, I, I was I was rewatching the game, and uh, you know, uh, Greg Reed goes up for a ball. It just goes right through his hands. I mean, he intercepts that yeah. ball, and that, you know, see, uh, it's 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 just literally uh, a game of inches. Yeah. And sometimes it, it it you know it takes that little turnover. It takes that. It is, it, it, it is, is what, what it is. is. Yeah, it is. It Mike, is what it is. Mike, we've got about 20 seconds. You want to give me final thoughts for the weekend? You know what? The Yellowettes, they shoot themselves in the foot a lot. Uh, a lot yeah. of bad penalties. I think a lot of their losses, they lost it themselves uh, this year. A lot of bad penalties. And I think uh, if they clean that up, I think they're one of the best teams in the league, to be honest. Yeah, that's what that's Patrick true. Level says. He said that uh, they can. Uh, he can tell you the turning point of every game that they've lost uh, rather easily. All right, guys. It's been fun. Next game, Alouette's taking on the Bombers at Percival Molson Stadium Saturday at 1. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to the podcast and uh, give us five stars if you enjoy it. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll talk next week.